This is an advertisement for Tape Lab. Do you guys like jiu-jitsu? Do you guys like the gi? Do you not like your fingers getting mangled by the gi? Then you've probably been told at some point to just tape your fingers, but the problem is, most tape that people use for jiu-jitsu isn't actually specifically made for jiu-jitsu athletes. But guys, luckily, we got today's sponsorship Tape Lab. They have amazing tape specifically made by and for jiu-jitsu athletes. And guys, they have a great selection. They have white tape, black tape, pink tape, beige. They have big tape, they have small tape for your fingers. And uh, they have little tins for you to carry it around in so you don't go losing your tape down the back of your bag and all for reasonable prices. But if you want to save just a little bit more, use my code HUMANZY15 for 15% off a checkout for any purchases over 15 euro. That's HUMANZY15. The link will be in the description below. And guys, that's once again, the Tape Lab company at Tape Lab Co. Guys, hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the most unprofessional podcast you've ever been involved with about a niche sport in a tiny country. Welcome to the show, bro. Let's go. I've got a. I'm, I'm part of the niche sport in a slightly bigger country over here, though. So we'll. Uh, slightly we'll bigger. <laughs> slightly bigger. Have you seen <laughs> Ireland on a map? And have you seen America on a map? Slightly. Might be about the size of our city of San Diego, <laughs> somewhere around there. But Fair enough. I just think someone's country. someone's a bit too modest about the size of their state. Yeah, you know, just being a little modest over here, not trying to rub it fully in, but yeah, uh, gotta let you know. Yeah, you know what's funny? Um, when I was in school, one of our history teachers was like, "Oh, guys, here America's gonna buy Ireland, make it a new state, and build a big long fucking bridge to connect it to America." And I was think, I, I know that's all bullshit, but I'm just like, that would actually be a good idea because fuck, fuck inter intercontinental flights. And just drive for eight hours on this wobbly thing, and just hope we hope it doesn't crumble. Let's go. We've all seen videos of bridges crumbling and, you know, imagine a bridge, a long ass bridge crumbling in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and, you know, you're in a car and there's fucking sharks. So you're like, yeah, this is not fun. Yeah, I'll take my chances flying. <laughs> uh, effort. OK, so man, one thing I'm curious about with each of my guests is how did you start jujitsu and did you tra train anything else before starting it? Yeah, so. Getting started in jiu-jitsu, I guess it's a podcast, so I'll give a little bit the more long-winded version of it. So uh, growing up uh, as a kid, you know, I was never like super athletic. I, I'm from San Diego, you know, like go out, skate around, you know, go to the beach, just do things like that, but never played like too many sports or was very good at them, if anything. Like my family's a tennis family, actually, funny enough. And uh, my, my, yeah, my older brother played professionally. Uh, my older cousin's actually a big time Olympic Olympian volleyball player. And, uh, so they played all sorts of other sports, but the ball sports just didn't fit for me. So I was more of a video game player and, you know, so I'd be gaming up basically all the time. And then, uh, I think what was it like ninth grade or so, maybe like, like a UFC video game came out and like, I'd always wrestle with my buddies growing up for some reason. Like I hung out with older buddies and. It was just always like I'd always just want to run up to them and just try to freaking wrestle them to the ground on our trampoline. And then I'd get my ass whooped. And then that was just like fucking commonplace, basically. That's what went on every day. So uh, so that was sort of in my blood for whatever reason. And then that UFC video game came out. And I was like, oh, this shit's fun, you know, playing games, <laughs> knocking people out. And then I finally watched the UFC. And I was like, oh, this is actually pretty cool to watch, too. And then... Uh, yeah, one of my buddies who was older and would always beat my ass whenever I'd try to wrestle him at the time, uh, he's actually Brazilian, so he gave me the idea after watching UFC for maybe a year, like, oh, you know, you should just give this thing a try, you know, you, you always like wrestling, why not just like go out there and, you know, give it a shot and learn it, and then so, 
I took him up on it. Uh, continued to obviously get my ass beat in jujitsu for the first year or two. Or I was I was very tall, like flimsy kid to start out. You know, I'm six five right now, and I've grown into my body a little bit more. Probably back then I was probably like six three and like freaking one seventy or something. You know, but uh, yeah, got got into it basically from just being a big time fan of MMA and uh, freaking fighting for whatever reason it was just in me and then uh yeah here we are about 12 years later uh i've I've been trained for a while but i didn't really start taking it more seriously until the past like uh four years or so once i graduated from college because i graduated and then i was working a full-time job and then i was just like well what the hell else is there to life we gotta freaking do something else like i gotta have a little more fun so then start competing and then uh yeah here we are a few years later trying to ramp it up yeah, nice now there's a few things i want to want to touch on there number one is if you didn't wrestle with people on your trampoline when you were a kid you didn't have a childhood and that's a fact let's go you know that if you didn't do back backyard wrestling on the trampoline and put rocks and start jumping and nearly fucking die when you were a kid <laughs> you didn't have a childhood your childhood sucks and i feel sorry for you and i think your parents should be arrested after the fact for childhood neglect but whatever like, yeah, I agree completely, wholeheartedly. Yeah. Dude, that 100%. was my childhood. Like, okay, I'll tell you, my next door neighbor when I was growing up, his, his fucking house is on a hill, so you have to run down the fucking hill to go to the trampoline. The trampoline was in a big fuck-off hole with water underneath with fucking pond scum and fucking frogs and stuff, so when you'd be jumping up and down and fucking throw rocks and stuff on it, it was fucking... So, like, you get a big running start and then just jump fucking onto the trampoline. It was fucking... That was oh. that was life, bro. Yeah, it was, dude. Yeah, we used to freaking bring the trampoline by my roof. We'd climb up on the roof and then just jump onto it. We'd bring we we for some reason like somehow would bring a mattress onto the roof with us and jump off holding a mattress and just belly flop onto the trampoline. <laughs> and, uh, I remember, you know, when I had some little kid birthday parties, I had some chick flew off and broke her arm. Uh, my buddies would get caught in the springs flying off. So yeah, good memories on the trampoline. No one died, so. We can laugh about it. <laughs> yeah. And if someone did die, you could just laugh, but just not in public or on a podcast about it. Exactly. You know, I'd just, yeah. be, I'd just be sneakering. Just not a full laugh. <laughs> like, uh, he was a jackass anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure, he, he had a twin, you know, big grand. People yeah, think he's sit around. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, number two is, uh, it wasn't the MMA Undisputed game from like 2009, was it? That was it. Yeah, the, U- yeah, the UFC Undisputed. I remember like seeing some like, video game like you know trailers for it and stuff and like i said i would just play games all the time like that's basically all i did freaking up until like high school and then uh you know i mean i you know hang out with people and stuff too but like my main time killer was definitely video games and uh yeah i remember seeing that i was like oh this looks fun and like i was like wrestling around with people and blah 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 and then it came out me and my buddies were always playing it which would probably make us wrestle more. I, I thought I knew how to throw high kicks and shit just from watching it. I thought I was just like a badass, and yeah, learned. Mm. I learned definitely the basics of combat from watching that video game right there. Mm. Sure, like uh, let's, there's a, like a, a few things I want to touch on because like uh, what was it? In my humble opinion, that UFC game, it's actually secretly the greatest video game ever made for one reason and one reason only. Because you can beat the shit out of Brendan Schaub in that video game whenever you want. <laughs> and that's a fact. Everyone 
that is why it's the best game ever. Final Fantasy Final Fantasy Seven, you can fuck off. Metal Gear Solid, I'm sorry, man. All those other games, take a seat. UFC yeah. Undisputed 2009 because you can beat up Brendan Schaub. And everyone has wanted to beat up Brendan Schaub. Brendan Schaub. I, I, I think he's taken enough punches in his day. We can we can leave him alone. He's good now. Nice. Um, let, let's just leave that there. And uh, so, like, what are you what are you playing through currently? Like, guys, I swear this will be a jiu-jitsu podcast soon. But like, what are you uh, what are you playing through currently? Uh, right now, I'm not playing as many video games these days. Like, me and my roommate will hop on Warzone. You know, like every few days or whatever, we'll get a few games in there, which is pretty fun. Like those battle royales are cool. Recently, what we also got that one. Uh, it's another like it's Fall Guys. It's called. Have you seen that one? Yeah, I know Fall Guys. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous, but that thing's sort of just fun. Just like later on in the day, if you if your brain isn't working, and if you want to deplete uh, your IQ a little bit more, then you can just play this game for a little bit, you know, and freaking race these other little mini characters. And I don't even know. It's it's a pretty ridiculous game, but it's uh, interesting. And then other than that, not not all that much more any the, uh, these days. Mm. Uh, see, I I got the weirdest fucking taste in games because okay, my I just my PS4 after eight long years it finally finally it, it died on me. The PS4 finally died on me, so I had to get a new one and I had to reinstall a few games. But this one had less memory, so I just installed like Dark Souls, fucking Red Dead Two, and uh, what's it called? Res Resident Evil Four, Five, and Six. And I'm I, I played the shit out of Resident Evil Four, and I fucking okay. So you know when you like finish the game you got to save it and so it has the new game plus thing so when you start the game again you'll have all the stuff yeah i said i saved over it and you know the agony of saving over your good save file oh yeah you have like a heart attack and i was like no 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 i i went back into like i legit deleted all my progress went into playstation plus to see if i cloud saved anything and i cloud saved to just after i deleted everything uh, so I, I still had this, the useless save file with nothing on it. So I'm like, oh, my God. So, so you're, done with it, you're done with it now or what? It's oh, no. I, technically, there's a workaround. So if I just beat the game again, I can use all the New Game Plus stuff again. But it's just a fucking hassle because the first run of that game is notoriously fucking difficult because you don't have any of the New Game Plus stuff. Fuck yeah, me. yeah, that sounds like that sounds like a lot of effort for sure. Yeah, be I, grand. I would just call it quits. I would just abandon. Like personally, I would just be like, okay. I fucked up. Fuck this game. On to the next. Nah, you know, I'm just notoriously stubborn. It's like someone trying to submit me with Mount. You know, with the whole fucking Gordon Ryan stuff. People are trying to submit everyone at Mount. I refuse to. The... in there in your face or what? Well, usually I'm into that, but not when it's a fucking big, strong man trying to do it to me. You know, but like. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just so stubborn I won't tap to that and I'm so stubborn I won't let a piece of electronic media beat me until I beat it another subsequent time yeah that's good no <laughs> don't accept defeat no surrender uh, what was it do you watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia I used to yeah I used to love that show yeah they they have, they have what was it they had Thundergun Express there was a fucking they had the saying it was what was it uh no surrender, no fucking, uh, no one left behind. I can't remember, but it was something, something kind of semi-relevant to that. So I, remember, I think in Pineapple Express, I remember like when, when like, do you ever see that one, Pineapple Express? Yeah, it's a classic. It's funny. We were just talking about this the other day. I randomly came up, but I think like when the when the Asian triad gang comes in and storms it, I think they're like, no defeat, no surrender. 
but yeah, so I, I live by that motto. Let's go. <laughs> no defeat, no surrender, no slam to get our submission. Yeah, <laughs> unless it's a buggy show. Oh, uh, yeah. Now, I am in, okay, unpopular opinion. If uh, if some if you're in a submission and someone picks you up and it gets above fucking shoulder height, it's your own fucking fault what happens then. Even if you slip out in gravity, that's on you. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Fuck that, dude. Yeah, that, that buggy choke slam. I were obviously switching subjects, but just really quickly, it made me think about it. Obviously, yeah, you saw that video at ADCC. Yeah. I didn't completely wreck. Man, I was coaching my buddy at that time, uh, and this was yeah, the end of day one, I think, so I'd already qualified for day two of the trials, and then, uh, you know, I was just coaching my buddies, and then, fuck, man, that shit was crazy. Like, just, I, I didn't even know what happened. All I know is I look over, and the guy's just completely out, just not moving. Like, I, I didn't realize he was knocked out. I thought it was, like, a neck injury or some shit. I was, like, supposed to be coaching my buddy this whole time, but, like, I realized I probably said, like, four words during that whole match. My bad, but... <laughs> Fucking <laughs> that that shit was distracting, bro. Yeah, I, I'm, I would never. Yeah, I'm I'm bailing on that submission. Fuck it. You're you're out. You're free. We're good. Yeah. Let's, Let, let's do something else. No, I did actually see the video. I did, however, see the YouTube poop version where the second your man picked him up, you just had Shao Kahn say "finish him," and then he slammed him, and you hear the window sound effect like "do do do do." Your man's just oh. like zonked. I know it's in poor taste, but I still think it's pretty funny. I'm like, dude, I mean, like, just let go. <laughs> I mean, it, it makes it easier, as we were saying, like with the trampoline story, no one died. It's a little bit funnier. We can laugh. Same thing with that guy. I think he's good these days. So it's like, yeah, we're good, you know? He, he just put up an Instagram reel today. He's fine. And if you yeah. got slammed at ADCC trials and you put up Instagram reels not too long after, Safe to say, you 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 walked it off. <laughs> yeah, you're chilling. That definitely that 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 was one of those moment, moments though where I'm like reconsidering my love of jujitsu. I was like, what the fuck? But uh, then, speaking then of trials, <laughs> so speaking of trials, man, you picked up some uh, impressive submission wins yourself there. You got a fucking really good knee bar. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a quick quick. Uh, I think it was like a minute or something to start it off. It was cool, too, because I saw the first-round matchup was against a guy who I'd watched fight in the UFC a handful of times, you know, this guy Phil Hawes, and I figured he was more of a wrestler, and also I'd seen him striking a lot, so I don't know, not trying to, like, be overly confident, but I was like, okay, I got this one in the bag sort of well, mm. and then uh, just a little, yeah, it's, it's yeah, the, the I did a little knee shield, like, scoop knee bar setup, which, you know, against higher-level guys, that setup doesn't quite work out that well, but luckily there, it was easy to just you know, latch on and crank it, and we were good. <laughs> uh, you're a man after my own heart because I recently started hitting. I hit a few knee bars in competition, and I hit one in a minute myself there in April. So, like, my knee bar victories are like, you know, my sexual relations. They're either finished in a minute or they're just not going to go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> at least you're getting that finish. That's the getting the finish. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Gone, gone in 60 seconds bro let's go quick, quick <laughs> to the point <laughs> uh what was the other submission win because uh i can't really remember it off the top of my head i remember the knee bar though yeah that it was actually uh that one was a points win against this guy who i've competed now four times at this point but at the time i'd only competed against him once uh this guy yepi tamazi and he's a real cool dude solid grappler uh i think it was like a scrappy match back and forth, and then somehow he got two. I think I was on top, yeah, when the points period came into play, and then he basically wrestled up. My wrestling was basically zero then. 
uh, it's something now. It's not quite where it will be, but I had, you know, started learning wrestling. 0.1? Yeah, 0.1, somewhere around there. I got an Uchimata, so we're good. But, uh, hey, Uchimata yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, Uchimata no Uchimama. But, uh, so, yeah, that was a scrappy one. He came up, swept me. I was down by two. And then with about 30 seconds left, I think I went for an outside heel hook where he turned and kicked away. And I basically, like, hip-punched through his waist, tight waist, and came up and had a standing back take. So I, like, or, or no, it wasn't with 30 seconds left. It was, that was maybe, like, a minute left. I guess, so it was 3-2. And then he got out, and he almost swept me at, like, with five or ten seconds left. But then I barely did the ADCC point-neutralizing cheat of turtle position. So thank God I turtled freaking for my life. Otherwise, he would have beat me by points in that one. But, uh, yeah. So that was that was good, and then that was two zero on the first day, and then my first match the next day I lost unfortunately to this guy Stefan Bonta, who uh, I had a few cool things to start off the match, but I was just like freaking charging way too fast and wasn't positionally uh, aware of some of the things he was doing, which I've been focusing on now a lot recently, especially after my last match as you may have seen against Marigali, he. Uh, had really good fucking positional control, you know, wearing me out from top position. It was sort of a similar deal against that guy, Stefan Bonta. So, uh, yeah, ever since, well, ever since this Bonta one, I didn't really take too much heat of it. But now, after three weeks ago, getting suffocated uh, and freaking public by Marigali, I, now I'm, now I'm all about just, you know, my, working on my defense a lot and also coming back to the basics of just position before submission, to put it mm. simply, you know. No, I get you. Well, look on the bright side. At least you weren't in a triangle and then he was flipping you off and then uh, he got disqualified for some reason and got removed from the absolute. Like, yeah. you, remember, you remember that? That was that was a bit of a strange scenario. Yeah, that was a funky one, man. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I don't think they wanted that guy out there to win. I don't even know. Who knows what it is, but they didn't like yeah, him look. and it's apparent. Yeah, look, such is life. All you gotta do is just tap everyone, then doesn't matter who likes you. <laughs> exactly. And no middle fingers, I guess, even though we're trying to crank off each other's freaking mm. elbows. So, you know. Yeah, look, per- personally it's not my not my, my way to do things. I wouldn't go flipping people off, but hey, you know, to each their own. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. He was mad, bro. Just let him be mad. No. <laughs> or uh to get back to the trials, was that your first time competing in an ADCC format? So I did the trials before that, actually, uh, the the West or the East Coast trials, sorry, in November. And then uh, I went one and one there. I had a Darce win, and then I lost by uh, ref decision to this guy, Joe Durkheising, uh, who's pretty tough. And then actually, before that, I did do the West Coast trials, and I think it was 2019. But that's sort of like right when I was getting my start in competing, and I was like liking competing, getting out there, but... Like, my skills were not were up to where they should have been to be doing that, you know. Like, I had no idea, like, about heel hooks at that time. I freaking, you know, I had negative wrestling level at that point. Like, don't even don't even call me zero at that point. So, that one, I think I got heel hooked pretty quickly and uh, in 2019. And then, uh, yeah, ever since then, that sort of inspired me, you know, start working on the leg locks, which, you know, nowadays I'm, I'm loving them, basically. So, each time something goes rough, you got to pick up what you can from it, you know, and work on it and then build up from there. Well, man, uh, <laughs> okay, I was about to do something really silly like uh, two years ago. I think they, they were before everything got rescheduled, they're going to have the European trials in uh, in Poland. 
and I live in Ireland, so it's not that far away. And I, this is during COVID when I was like, I'm 76 kilos now or 170 pounds. And I was 88 because I, I gained some weight because of COVID, so I was 88 kilos. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go over and do the fucking trials at this higher weight class when I haven't competed in a year and I've never fucking done, I've only done one competition with heel hooks and I got fucking killed straight away. This will totally end up well. Luckily, I didn't get to do that and didn't get fucking murdered and fucking, uh, <laughs> no, but I did, uh, uh, re- I'm like, the most recent comp I did, this is uh, a bit of a silly story. For some reason, okay, Grappin Industries changed their rules, so it's not, the Nogi brackets are no longer beginner, intermediate, advanced, it's just belt level again, with brown and black being merged. So, uh, what's it called? As a blue belt, I thought it'd be a great idea to go up to the brown and black belt division, because they love heel hooks. Yeah. Because, you know, I've been working them recently, and uh, let me tell you, uh, I'm going to set the record straight. That was a terrible idea. (laughs) Because, uh, okay, in my defense, I'll send you the match later because for the first 10 seconds, everything went super well. (laughs) Uh, I, like, uh, pulled into K-guards, threw my leg over, put him into backside 50-50, but I didn't have the pinch of the heel hook, so he backstepped and grabbed my fucking free leg, mind you, my free leg, and just fucking ripped it and going belly down. And I'm just like, ah! Fuck, oh, fuck. <laughs> so what what did he get was what what did he attack on the free leg was it like an outside heel hook or uh, outside heel hook on the free leg and okay. so he went like belly to down like bridge to fuck so like Damn. it was very it was very painful and i'm <laughs> hobbling off the, i'm just hobbling off the mat and i'm talking to one of my friends and he's like Are you okay there I'm like no i'm not that's the hardest i've ever been heel hooked in my entire fucking life <laughs> yeah we all we all go through it we got to get a bad heel hook to realize that oh yeah okay these things do work Let's fucking not let that shit happen again. That's like, speaking yeah. of Miha earlier. That sounds like some shit Miha would do. He just has some crazy ass submissions on the legs that he just flies on, and you know, shit's tight. Better tap quick. <laughs> like I said, man, he's a he has a serial killer vibe. <laughs> yeah, that's one way to put it for sure. I'll let you say that since you live across the ocean from him. Now I'm near him, so I should. <laughs> I bet you he's fucking behind me because I'm in a darkly lit cabins so if i'd like adjust the light he'll just be there with a fucking weird knife <laughs> it's possible it's possible he's good I get, uh just so you know me how if you try to come to my house and kill me i have several axes in my room so you know <laughs> you'll still kill me but you know uh it might take you a little longer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. i do have axes in my room for some fucking reason i don't know why so like uh so probably because you guys don't have guns right you guys can't yeah. have guns so you gotta have Maybe. an axe Farmers could get shotguns and stuff and all that, but hey, I got a, uh, I got a submission grappling, so like, I don't even need a gun. Like, I'm just bulletproof. Yeah. If someone breaks in, just show them your gold medal from Grappling Industries, and they'll just sprint away. It's like, fuck that. Oh no, I got a silver medal in Grappling Industries. Like, uh, I have you, or I'll show them the one medal I won at White Belt. Like, ah, flee in That's terror. <laughs> Bro, they're gonna be pissing their pants running away. <laughs> All right, what was I going to say? So then, uh, or, um, so Brailler, since you actually competed at ADCC, is there any, uh, sorry, in, in ADCC format, is there any, like, intricacies and nuances to, like, competing under those rules that people aren't aware of? Because, like, I'd be talking to some people who'd, like, compete semi-casually or compete a lot, but they don't need, and I'd mention, oh, ADCC rules, they do this, they let you slam out of submissions. I'm like, what? No, I, I'm like, dude, look it up. Like, it fucking literally says it. So is there any intricacies that, you know, you have to adjust for the, for those rules? Yeah, well, that's definitely a big one right there. 
you know, knowing that if you lock someone in something, you can get slammed. I was just thinking of that. I don't even know if I knew that that was the rule in 2019 when I did my first one, just jumping in earlier than I should have. So good thing I got heel hooked instead of getting slammed. That shit would have sucked. <laughs> but uh, other than that, it, it well, obviously, you know, everyone knows it's a lot more wrestling heavy. And just being able to, like, control a freaking scrambly guy on the ground just because if you sweep someone and then if they roll over to turtle position that's no points for your sweep if you take someone down and they land a turtle it's no points for the takedown so that just means like if i work really hard to sweep someone and if they turtle then a lot of the work was sort of for nothing unless you're great at back taking or if you're you know really good at flattening the opponent out to where they can't turtle so in that sense it's very wrestling heavy you know sometimes in like my style of jujitsu i think uh the way i was approaching it up until you know maybe the past year or so wasn't really great for adcc because i didn't have much wrestling and i would you know accept me on my back and stuff like that so nowadays uh like with basically the com- competition training at legion right now is basically all wrestling for the most part so it's really helping just learning how to you know work through the quick scrambles obviously taking the guy down but once you get him on the ground just being able to deal with him from there so you know because in ibdjf you can hit a little knee tap and someone rolls over to turtle and you get your two points you're good but uh so that's a little harder and then other than that i mean that's mainly it obviously like the first half uh half of the match is no point so some people like that some people don't you sort of got to get ready for guys to either try to come at you freaking hard or just to try to stall you out. So there's sort of that sort of happens, you know, in the first timeless period or scoreless period. But mm. yeah, other than that, you know, it's just grappling really. So if you're good at it, if you're good at what you do, you can get onto your position and latch the sub and get it done. Whichever way you do it, you win. So, you know, in the end it's similar, just some slight tweaks. Mm. Or you can just roll in there, hope someone puts you in a buggy choke, and you can just slam the shit out of them, and then just win that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that might be the, that's probably the first KO in ADCC history. KO. Now, imagine, imagine winning a grappling match via TKO KO. That is yeah, pretty strange. Yeah. I know you gotta, you gotta be. Uh, you're not many out there, unless you're in the now the combat jujitsu sort of opening up that, but it's still way cooler to win a regular grappling match where you can't even open strike with a KO. It's like what yes. I think I did see it in a fight to win one time, one KO. But other than that, yeah, they allow slams too from anywhere. You could you don't even need to be in a submission there, but the KO is rare, that's for sure. Mm. Speaking of that fights, is- hopefully I'll be on that next week, a week from today. I still haven't heard back on a matchup yet though, but. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll, maybe I'll add a KO to my resume with a little <laughs> belly to back. Yeah, because I've actually I've talked to a few people about this because um you know it's interesting you know when like the older style judo competitions right say you had someone say you're in someone's clothes guard right if you elevated them above like above your head just picked them up and made it look like you're going to slam them they'd actually stop the match because. The whole thing of judo is, oh, I'm going to throw you onto your back, flat your back, you know, because if you got f- properly thrown that way onto, like, cement and stuff, you get fucked up. So that's the whole... Because, yeah. like, if you did get slammed, someone... You know, if you did just pick someone up, close guard, and slam them, they just stop the match, you know, because, uh-huh. like, you just slammed the shit out of them. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I think I think uh, in the EBI or in Eddie Bravo's, some of his tournaments, I've seen they do a similar thing, I think, where, like, if you stand up with a submission, they just got to let go because... I mean, shit, it's smart, you know, it's like, 
I guess we don't really need to get everyone hurt out here, but they should also realize that like the slam is a legit way to defend against some of that shit. Mm. No, but like to be fair, not every gym has like because I know you guys, you have like an elevated your mats are sort of elevated off the floor. You have like weird shock absorption thing. So if, if you guys wanted to train slams, you'd be it'd be a marginally slightly more safe. We still have fucking falling body weight in you, but you would be. It'd be more manageable than a typical gym that just has 40 millimeters of mat. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. I see some of these videos from like B team and stuff where like Nikki Rod will slam a guy through the pavement, and I just realized that I know that there's like no fucking padding under there. I'm like, well, that looks brutal. Like we we throw each other hard at Legion, you know, in the wrestling practice. Obviously, we're not like picking each other up off the ground and slamming, but you know, the throws that we do in wrestling. Uh, like, like Miha's got some gnarly Asotogaris, for example, where he'll jump behind and freaking the force coming down on those is hard. But luckily, it's so freaking padded that I never notice it, you know. You just bounce off the ground and you're scrambling into the next position. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I'm glad for those elevated mats, too. Otherwise, we'd be taking a lot more damage. <laughs> well, then again, it's sort of like a, like a, it's sort of like a double-edged sword because if you do train in a gym where – because I heard someone, someone said this to me does – if the if the mats are too thick and too spongy, if something happens, because the competition mats they're semi they're only it varies from comp to comp. Some of them are thick, some of them are just very thin. You know, yeah. you could if something happens in comp that you're not used to on a thinner mats. You know, I know this is a big hypothetical, but like there's variables and shit. You know. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. But then again, it's like also. I don't know. I guess the more time you spend where you're able to take those slams, then you learn how to defend them. Then hopefully it's less likely that it will happen in the competition. But, uh, yeah. And also in like, this is a weird comparison, but also in like bare knuckle boxing or some shit. I've like, I was just listening to some interview with these guys who were fighting this weekend, Mike Perry and Michael page. I'm sure you probably know some of those guys, but, uh, they're talking about how do you train for it? And it's like, they don't train for bare knuckle by fighting bare knuckle. You know, they still wear gloves. So I guess maybe in, like, training, it's a little bit better to have a little more, like, you know, a relaxed approach and then hope that if you get really fucked up in the competition that the adrenaline will just go through and then, you know, <laughs> you're just going from there. <laughs> I guess I guess that's the hope. I don't really know. Never thought about it until now. But that's a, it's, a, point. it's a weird one. So, man, uh, one of the things, because uh, I was looking at one of your other podcast appearances, you, you, like, you actually work as a systems analyst, right? So, like, I was wondering... Is your do you take an analytical approach to like your jujitsu and like everything else in your life? So like when you're walking into the veg vegetable aisle, you're like, hmm, this one looks less expired than that one. I should take this piece of broccoli instead or something silly like that. <laughs> yeah. Well shit. I, I probably do. I probably look for the best pieces of broccoli. Uh in jujitsu, it's funny. I've I've ta- talked about this before, but uh so for the longest time, like I'm a very yeah math like you know I was a math major and stuff, so I'm an analytical guy like you say. But then in, when I show up to jujitsu, I just wouldn't even fucking think. I would just show up, just roll hard, and just go home and not even think about it, and just go up, and go in there to get a workout and just have fun, you know. But then in the past few years, since I've been dialing more into competition, I'm definitely like becoming more analytical in my approach, like where I need to get better and things like that. But uh, you know you. At the same time, you got to let that go once you get into that competition mat because you can't be thinking about stuff too much. So sort of more analytical in the approach, like in training and stuff and like the moves I have to work on for the day or what I got to, you know, what I got to touch up on. But, uh, yeah, when it comes to 
when it comes to like the competition day or whatever, yeah, not thinking so much, just doing. Mm. So you're not constantly doing calculations and shit in your head about levers, fulcrums, and axes and shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm thinking about what slope the mats are and the friction and yeah. No, man, I wish. I did you bring it? Did you bring a protractor onto the mats? Like mm, the the mats are not entirely flat. There, they yeah. they have a there is one degrees off the axis and shit like that. Maybe, maybe all these other guys are doing steroids and I should just take alpha brain or some shit. Just, <laughs> just fucking, just or whatever know. fucking vitamins Joe Rogan is selling lately. Just get those and you're sorted. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he's on a cocktail of things. Uh, <laughs> or no, Alex Jones. He's the guy you got to get to get your supplements off of. Oh yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll eat up anything Alex Jones sells me. Let's get, let's do it. Uh, especially the ones the gay frogs are taking. Everyone, everyone loves those ones. Yeah, yeah. If this medicine prevents the frogs from turning gay, then who knows what it'll do to me? Let's, I'll, I'll take it. It'll make you immune to slams. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Just thinking mm. up that skull, and we're good. Or right, man, uh, one of the other things I saw, and okay, I'll shut up about other podcasts because I'm clearly the greatest podcaster in the world. Is like uh, you were talking about work-life balance and stuff. So like you know, it's like um, what's it like? Because you you know your your job your hours are like semi-flexible. Is that right? You can sort of choose choose them. So like you can make your training schedule work a bit more around that. Yeah. So the work-life balance that's something we're always you know struggling with. Um, you know just trying to trying to train as much as you can trying to work as much as you can have fun and this and that it's funny actually if i tilt my uh my laptop my my work computer is still on as we speak i'm technically still working technically on the clock but just fucking off you know but uh so (laughs) the work-life balance is something we're always trying to figure out but uh yeah my my job's cool I, i work from home as you said like as a data analyst and i uh work train like my schedule is from like 7 a.m. to like 12 p.m., then 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. So it's eight hours. And I got like a two-hour window in the middle of the day where I don't have to, you know, do anything on the computer. But uh, just being honest, I, I, I do a lot of other things in those hours. You know, we're cruising. I, I get to training at like 10 a.m. usually and then lift, work, you know, uh, get my training in. And then we get back home at 2. So it's pretty flexible, man. I can just get my work done whenever I want and train as much as i can so yeah i suppose they can't really say much as long the work gets done who they can't complain exactly we're good yeah yeah one of the top yeah i'm a veteran now in this job for the longest time like you know i was like trying to make it work but now i've been doing this shtick for like two years so we got it figured out we're good there's a method to the madness (laughs) yeah for sure for sure a method to it and then, uh, just like, could you take me through like a typical day? So like, how, how, how many times would you, would you train? Would you have any classes that are like just dedicated to drilling, just dedicated to positional rounds? How is your strength conditioning? Like, do you do any yoga recovery, stuff like that? Like, how's like just a typical day for, of training and stuff like that? Yeah. So I've, I, I stick to a, a similar schedule pretty much. So, uh, so basically like my three hard days would be Sunday, Monday, and Wednesday. So Sunday is, uh, I'll just start there, I guess. It's like, that's when we have the open mat at Legion. So there's just a ton of people from all over and it's like two hours, two and a half hours long. So sometimes I'll get there. I'll usually get there and like lift for like 30 or 45 minutes before that, or I'll go for a rock climb session or something, then roll for a while, like, you know, an hour and a half or two hours or something. Uh, and then throughout the weekdays, uh, so Monday is the wrestling day. So 
I'll do, uh, I'll hop in for some nogi rounds, basically a little bit or before 12 p.m. and then get wrestling for an hour. So that's mostly just jujitsu. That's all I do for the day. And then other days I'll usually just, uh, you know, either lift or rock climb before coming into training, like uh, two or two days or so a week. Here, I'm going to shut this door right now because I think with my neighbor, my roof is coming back. So avoid some distractions. Mm, but, no worries. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, I, I mainly just train early in the day or in the mornings. Uh, just one, either one long session or two, like, you know, partial sessions with like the nogi and then wrestling. And then I'll get like three or four like strength workouts a week and I'll try to get a run once a week. So usually I'm hitting like, like, yeah, maybe like seven jujitsu sessions or seven jujitsu or wrestling sessions. And then, yeah, like three or four strength workouts. Mm. Now, what's your thinking about like, um, like, would you just get like, would you be happy with like one good solid? Because I know some people are, uh, some people think differently, like, oh, I train multiple times a day. I train in the morning and in the evening, sometimes in the afternoon as well, the light session, some people think that, or some people like, I just get one good session in in the evening and I'm sorted. Like, what's your thinking about multiple sessions a day? Or are you just happy with one? Or do you like see how the body is? Yeah, so I, the thing is a lot of these like evening sessions are like later on in the day and I gotta work up, wake up pretty early for my work. So it's like if I'll train at like, you know, six, then I'm done at eight or something and then eating all late and my sleep's not great. So the next day I might be like, you know, not doing as great as I could or not feeling too great. Uh, ideally, you know, if I had a better situation, like, uh, working wise or, you know, like if I could train a little bit more, I'd probably get one, maybe night session a week, but, uh, I don't think it's necessary. I sort of like, I, I got the most energy, like mid, you know, early or midday. So it's a good time to basically, you know, just get it done. And, uh, yeah, I'll do like one long session. So it sort of works like, you know, getting used to like having a, cardio filled day so you know we can uh not get tired out there hmm. now uh what would you say okay uh i'll get on to the more fun questions there in a second i just got one more it's just like uh where did yeah. you like fa fa well this is a semi-fun question is like where did your fascination with darces and head and arm uh, strangulations begin <laughs> yeah so i think actually my first jujitsu lesson i ever had it was like uh i think that's what they showed i'm pretty sure they showed a dars which like my arms, like you can't really tell, but they're pretty damn long. I, as I said before, I'm six foot five, so it sort of just came naturally. I would just like always try to wrap up the choke, and I would do gi for the longest time too. And uh, you know, up until recently, I was basically mainly doing gi, but now I'm like specializing in no gi. And uh, my 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 old instructor uh, Rodrigo Medeiros, he's like directly under Carlson Gracie. That was where I was at before I came to Legion. Like, he'd always be telling me to, like, work the Bravo choke and use the lapel and stuff. But for some reason, it never worked. And I would just freaking reach my long-ass arms through and figure the darts out. So I think it was, like, a combination of the first jujitsu lesson I ever did. That's what they were showing. So it sort of stuck in my head a little bit. And then it just comes naturally having some long arms, you know. It's like you can sort of find them from anywhere. And then uh, it was also, I don't know, like – if, if you're ever getting sloppy and the guy's coming up on a sweep, it would be right there. So I'd always just be like quick to latch up on the neck instead of defending the sweep back in the day. So, yeah, it just, uh, I think it was like an easy, it was like an easy, easy way to get the sub. And for the longest time, I wasn't training in the smartest way. Like I said, I would just show up and roll and just fuck off basically. But, uh, so 
then I would just try to like count up however many submissions I could. That's like, that was my goal for the day, not trying to work on position or this or that. So, uh, it was just an easy way to latch up a neck, get a quick tap and, you know, one for the, one for the counter. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you dirty darcer. Now I got a quick question. This is, if, if this turns out, uh, this could be a huge coincidence or it could just be, you know, funny happenstance. Now, Rodrigo, the guy, the Rodrigo Medeiros you just mentioned, was it Rodrigo Med- Comprido Medeiros, the guy with the gr- oh, hair, or was it uh, the other the other one who runs BJJ Revolution Team? That's it, BJJ Revolution Team. Uh, That's the guy my instructor got his black belt off of. Oh, really? No <laughs> yeah. way. Actually, uh, what's it? We didn't, we haven't, haven't seen Rodrigo in a while because of COVID and all this shit, but, like, I had a seminar with him about a week before I got my blue belt, and, like, uh, it's a good fucking seminar. North, there's some north south stuff that I still fucking use. Oh, sweet, hell yeah! What's your coach's name? Uh, Fergal Quinlan. Okay, okay, yeah. I don't know. It's funny because there were a bunch of Irish guys always coming down and visiting our gym for a bit. Uh, back when I, I was training there, like three, three or so years ago. I wonder, maybe some of them might have been from your from your mm-hmm. gym. Sure I'll send you a few pictures. You might know their faces because I know I, I'm terrible with names. But I'm like, uh, just show me what he looks like, and I'll, you know, what if I'm if someone's like, oh, do you know this guy? He's from here, here, here. It's like, just show me what he fucking looks like. Yeah, then yeah. I can just tell you yes or no. Dude, I hear too many names these days. I feel bad. If someone tells yeah. me their name, and I just like forget the next time. I don't even try to remember. Dude, anymore. literally just happened in the gym because uh, it literally just happened in the gym today. There was a guy. He's relatively new, but then he was out with an injury, and he's back in. And I was in one of those Daisy Fresh videos over uh, recently because they were in they were in Scotland and I went to that one because it's only across the across the pond. And your man was like, "Oh man, you were in one of those Daisy Fresh videos." I was like, "Yeah, I was." Uh, guy whose name I don't know. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> no, but it's 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 fun. You just gotta have a dude, a bro, a man. You just gotta have a bunch of those ready at your disposal. Right? Or homie, honky, all that stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if the honkies use so much over here. I think that's a that, that, that's another one that might be pushing it. But uh. <laughs> uh, okay. So that um. So Braylor, one thing I'm curious. Oh yeah. Sorry. This question has been uh in the back of my mind for the whole thing. Why yeah. do people call you Jr? What's up with that? Are you okay. just a big Tolkien fan or a big, uh, big, uh, what's it, George Martin <laughs> fan? That's hilarious. I never even thought of that. So my name is Jonathan Brailler Grout, and my dad's name's Jonathan as well. So uh, JR stands for Junior because I was like John Junior, you know? So that's basically like where that came from. But I mostly go by uh, Brailler, but yeah, JR has always been like a nickname growing up, sort of, you know? So. Yeah, it, it, it can get split sometimes. A bunch. Of, I used to go by JR more when I was like a little kid and stuff, and buddies who knew me way back in the day would. And then that's when I came to Legion. My buddy introduced me as JR, and uh, so it's stuck for the majority of people there. So it's like split. Some people, you know, some people call me JR. Some people call me Brailler. So yeah, we got we got split personas over here. So we're good. We can, you know, did you hear what happened? It's like, did Brailler do that? No, JR did that. It's like, okay. So I know uh, I used uh, I have the same thing with the humanzy stuff because like sometimes I go into the gym and talk in third person is like oh humanzy smash humanzy pass humanzy darsu stuff like that and one of the guys was really confused like man what the fuck is up with humanzy stuff I'm like dude it's just a joke it's just a fucking piss take and he, he, he was actually he was seriously concerned about my mental health for a minute he's like dude like 
do you actually think you're like two people or something? <laughs> ah, that's hilarious. Oh my, yeah, what is dance anyways? Where does that come from? So, um, I'll tell you the origin of the term and then me getting the nickname. I told this a bunch, so like, uh, I'll give you the longer version another time, but like, here's the short version. So basically, back in the Cold War, Stalin tried to breed a super soldier by making a human get knocked up by a chimpanzee. So human, chimpanzee, humanzee. That's like weird hybrid. Sounds like something Stalin would do. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what's it called? I don't like... I used to, I'd done a few MMA classes before I started doing jiu-jitsu, nothing major, but then I was training for a few months, I went to an MMA class on a Saturday, and uh, I don't know, someone fucking hit me hard, and I got annoyed, and I took him down, and I put him in mount, and I made them think I was gonna, you know how like a gorilla smashes like a double hammer fist? Oh yeah. So like, I made your man, I didn't do, I made your man think I was gonna fucking smash him like a gorilla right into the face. And someone jokingly called me a uh, gorilla, but I just learned about the humanzy thing. And I was like, nah, nah, man, humanzy. And he's like, you know what, dude, that'd be a great fucking nickname. And then I made memes and I changed it to hum- my meme account to humanzy jitsu and the rest is history. <laughs> there we go. Humanzy. I don't know if I ever heard of that, but yeah, that definitely sounds like some horror story that would come from freaking Soviet Russia. So I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised what the fuck, like, the, like Nate Diaz would say. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, if you ever have a kid, you have to call him Jr. Junior. Jr. Junior. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. That that. Uh, it's funny. There's this back at Rodrigo's. Uh, like I was just talking about. I, was, I visit there, you know, every few weeks and stuff. I'll stop by and say what's up and get a few rolls in. And there's some like new, tall, lanky ass kid, and like that's basically how I was. Like I said when I was younger, just tall and just not grown into the body. I think someone there was calling him Jr. Junior, which I thought was just hilarious. Like, okay. They're not just call it Jr. Squared. Yeah, yeah, Jr. 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 It just, it'll yeah. just keep going on with each new lanky kid that comes into the mix. It's like okay, there's Jr. There's Jr. Jr. There's Jr. 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 My brain just glitched. Uh, so, so Jr. The first. Uh, what was uh, what's what would you say is the worst injury you've ever gotten when you've been training? Uh, let's see. So there's different ways we can go about that. One of them, like, was instant injury that I was pretty worried about. Uh, that was at Nogi World last, I think, uh, last year towards the end of the year. I forget which month, but uh, I I was uh like. I well actually here I'll I'll tell you like this because so a year and a half ago I actually had my elbow popped uh in training after I did like the gi pans and I basically couldn't raise my arm for a few days it wasn't too bad then I went to training like a year or you know a week later I was back rolling but then it never really got fully better so now it's just will randomly act up and get really stiff and sore and things like that and I actually got an MRI on it Monday finally so That'll be interesting to see how fucked up it truly is. But uh, so anyways, so that's one of the worst injuries because it's so long lasting. It sort of impacts like my range of motion and stuff. But we train through it. You know, we're good. Like we can freaking massage it out. But one, anyway, so as I was going to Nogi Worlds towards the end of last year, I was like carrying all my luggage and stuff. And then by the time I get to the hotel the day before, I realized that my elbow was so fucking tight. I think just from traveling all day and like carrying the luggage and this and that. So, like, I, my elbow was, like, just stuck like this almost, you know? And then that was, like, the day before competing. And then so I went out there the next day and then competed. 
And then uh, I was able to like massage it out and get a little range of motion, but it still wasn't feeling great. You know, it was pretty stiff and rigid. But I got the first match out of the way. Uh, I won by an outside heel hook. And then the second match of the day, I won against, uh, you know, everyone knows him these days, Jacob Couch. And he got me in an inside heel hook. And right when he hit that thing, my knee, like, <clears throat> sort of slipped out of place, dude. It, like, it was the weirdest feeling where, like, I got – it was a real quick heel hook. He hipped in real quick. I didn't really have much time to tap. And then I felt like my knee, like, shift. And then when he let go, it, like, shifted back. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? Like, I, I thought my shit was, like, destroyed, you know? I was like, oh, my God, did that just happen? And I get up, obviously get sore and stuff. But then uh, it just got really sore. And it was just, like, it ended up only being an MCL sprain, thank God. I think because I do a lot of, like, stretching and this and that. So it sort of prevented it from maybe being as bad as it could have been. But so there I was just out, you know, for, like, two weeks, basically, until I was able to train again. Couldn't really walk around much for a week. And, uh... Other than that, I guess pop in a rib. I don't know if you've ever had your rib popped, like no. by getting snack pass. No, those <clears throat> it's common, so it's not like that devastating, but it just sucks because you can't roll for like four, five, six weeks. So th that's like a longer term one. But I'd have to give I have to give the uh, award to either this fucked up elbow right here or that that uh, one heel hook there, just because I was like reconsidering like what the fuck just happened you know like am i just gonna be out is my knee torn up but we we're good so yeah fun times uh, imagine if we make it a tiebreaker and we uh, and the arm wins that this little uh, injury contest and i uh we raise the arm and you're like yay oh fuck my arm <laughs> yeah just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah no Hopefully, I might I might eventually actually have surgery, which is a real easy surgery on this thing because I just got like a bone fragment floating around somewhere in there, so it gets like lodged in between some muscle once in a while, and I think that's when it gets stuck. But I guess that surgery is easy; they just go in there, freaking pull the sucker out, and you're back to training in a few days. So we'll see. Yeah, man, uh, this uh, relatively new question that I've added is: uh, Is there anything you in the BJJ community that you dislike? You know that uh, you'd want to see go if you could, if you could uh, make it, you know. Vanish, disappear, vamoose, all that stuff. Huh. Anything to make it disappear. Um, I don't know. I've never really thought about that one. I mean, it's, it. well, I, I guess one thing that comes to mind is, like, I'm down to, like, train with, like, whoever and stuff, you know, like, whether I'll compete against them in the future, whether I've competed against them before, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't really care, you know. I'm down to get some roles, but, you know. Some people aren't down for that, and they'll be sort of weird about it. So I guess that's one of those things, but I sort of feel it, you know. I sort of understand them in the end, but I just figure, like, we'll both get better. You know, I'll learn your shit, you'll learn mine. It's just going to make it harder for guys to beat either of us. But uh, it, I'm not too passionate about disliking that. That's, like, the first thing, and honestly, maybe the only thing that comes to my mind. But uh, what 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 are some other or answers that people have said to that? Or, no, you said this uh, question. It's relatively new, but uh, one of the things um, I've talked to a few people about this is, uh, okay, so, you know, I don't know how it is with Legion, but if you like, uh, you can't talk, peep, this idea that you can't talk about belt promotions, you can't even, now fair enough, don't go up to someone and be like, give me my blue belts or give me my purple belts, that's a sh you know shitty way to go about it, but if you go up to someone and be like, oh, what do I have to do to get a blue belt off of you, what do you need me like what competitions do you want me to win and stuff like this, or what do you want me to work on? And like, is my guard not that good or something like that? If you literally just ask for a checklist, I think that's reasonable. But if you just say, "Give me my purple belt" or something, that's a that's a sheer way to go about it. But like this whole thing that you can't 
you know, talk or ask for proper guidelines or an outline to, you know, achieve your goals and get a, you know, potentially get, you know, promoted or something like that. I don't know if I phrased that well. Yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. It's like, that's one of those things where it shouldn't be like, probably, you know, where people shouldn't hate on it. Maybe like, yeah, like you're saying, they should just give you some info on it to be like, okay, you really want to be, then you got to do this, this, this or that. But otherwise, yeah, I think that's definitely like the more traditionalist approach, you know, like, uh, it, I think at Legion, it's funny. It's like so many things are different here compared to where I used to train. I hear like, I don't know. We can just sort of do whatever the fuck we want. We can talk about what we want. I mean, Keenan might shit on you if you ask for it early or something. I, I wouldn't really honestly even know. But, uh, yeah, it's that is a weird thing for sure. Mm. You should just be able to talk about whatever. But over here, we're American Jiu-Jitsu. We do things different. <laughs> no, obviously, there, there's there's some good stuff from the old school stuff, like, you know, showing in, getting the tough rounds in and not, not bitching, moaning and complaining and, you know, get, you know go, getting after it and stuff like that. But like the whole thing where you can't even mention it, like stuff like that. It's like, man, come on. It's just, even if you want to just break it down to its most like basic sort of thing, it's like, okay, I'm paying you for a good or service and I'm paying you to not answer my questions about something I'm yeah. trying to get into. You know, I'm trying, I pay you for your knowledge and expertise and then you're not answering my questions. Like that's, um, if you want to break it down that way, like that's how I think about it sometimes. Yeah, it is funky. I just had another idea actually in my mind that's not great. Uh, one of these things about how like people who are paying for a gym and that gym doesn't want them to go and train at other gyms and cross train. So that's like, that's probably one of the most ridiculous things for me because it's like, bro, I'm fucking Come paying on. you and you're going to try to tell me what to do. Like what the hell? But uh, otherwise, you know, it's like, and not all gyms are like that. I feel like that's sort of going away a little bit as time goes on. Like I know where I'm at at Legion, like, Keenan like encourages us to go train other places. He's freaking visiting B team right now, posting all about it. Like he like he's gonna move there. Like he's making people think. But you know, it's like, uh, yeah, we're so open. Another weird thing, I guess, is like the gyms where a lower belt shouldn't can't ask a higher belt to roll or something. I, that's definitely more traditional. It's like I think anyone should say anything. But like if the lower belt gets denied, they get denied. You know. But why 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 get pissed if they ask? Uh, it's it's fucking stupid. Like even if you have the most ludicrous example of white belt as bl- from another gym as black belt to roll, it's like, who gives a shit? He's a person. He's a human being. He's like, do you, do you want to engage in this activity right now? Okay, you don't want to. Cool, awesome. You know, and that's another thing. If you don't want to fucking roll with someone, just say, look, I just don't want to roll with you right now. Is that cool? Yeah. Grand. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, I've got you know, lower belts asking me to roll all the time. Like I would never make a weird stink about it. If you, like you said, if anything, like I was like, Oh, sorry, I'm about to roll with him. Like, you know, some gnarlier guy or something, or I'm taking this one off. Like, you know, I don't care if they ask, but I'll shut them down. If I'm not trying to roll, that's for damn sure. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like, okay. One of my things is, I don't know if this is silly. Some people don't like it is, uh, I go in, I'm like, oh, I want to get around with this guy, this guy, and this guy. So if I see him, I'm like, yo, man, I'm with this guy now, but can I get you in the next round? And then I see another guy I want around later. I was like, so can I, I was like, oh, man, can I get you in the round after this one? So I get this guy round one, that guy round two, this guy round three. So like to make sure I get people and to make sure, because you know how, how awkward it is when you're, the round is over, like, okay, guys, look for a new partner. And you're looking around like a fucking meerkat. It's like, where's your man? Where's your man? There he is. You know. Yeah. 
I, I, I just, I hate wasting time. I'm like, okay, I'm rolling with you. Now I'm going over to roll with him. We've already established that we're going to roll, so we're going to get straight to it. Yeah, yeah, that's one way. It's efficient. Dude, you might be the analyst here. That sounds analytical <laughs> as fuck right there. You your shit out, you're good. You, you know these things. Mm. <laughs> I don't know, but like, it's so it's i don't know it's awkward it's like oh where's your man where's your man or when you don't know who you want to roll with and you're just like oh roll with whoever but then everyone's getting taken you're like fuck me and if there's uneven numbers like oh great guess i'll sit out and be a fucking chump yeah (laughs) yeah i i know it's tough man it's like one of the things too actually that sort of it's funny it's not it's it's not all jujitsu culture but sometimes like where uh i'll be asking a lower belt to roll and if they like say no or something when they're like like they can say no if they're tired you know or do whatever but like if they're like saving it like energy for like a different person who's not quite as good like i think that's sort of ridiculous like when i was like a lower belt like i would always want to get the rolls with the highest level guy that i could you know it's like I wouldn't like save my role to try to beat up on someone else who's like not as good as me, you know. It's like if they're injured, it's one thing, but I'm I'm not a fucking mat bully. I, I literally go at anyone's pace, you know. It's like if they want to go hard as fuck, I'll go hard as fuck. But if they're like a new white belt, then I'll just flow and you know let them feel it out a little bit. But uh, until until they kick you in the nuts, and then you yeah just, exactly just, just, just yeah <laughs> then it's freaking then it's Alexei Olenek Ezekiel choke just freaking crunching <laughs> their chin. Let's go white belt. Let's go. Cam- camel crusher baby yeah yeah oh yeah or just buggy uh, choke i think that's the most fun uh you know ridiculous submission to hit these days just because i'm finally able to get it a little bit my buddy renee uh you may have seen him on the show the flow grappling show renee souza yeah he's all about him and he was over here and he showed me a little few details and stuff that i, I think they've been helping out a little bit and it's just like i don't know it is it is fun just to like lock up fucking ridiculous ass submissions on lower belts i gotta say it's something fun about it but like yeah i, I won't make them painful though bro but uh, you, it, it might look ridiculous oh man recently i uh buggy choked this skinny guy like three times in a round and so the first two was from bottom side control and then the last one was from top side control i locked it up from top and pulled onto bottom and he tapped and he's like what the fuck, man? Stop it. He's like, stop yeah. it. I literally went for that same one today. I let this lower belt freaking lock me in the buggy choke from bottom so that I could just do the roll over into a tighter buggy choke. And yeah, just rolling over from top to buggy choke, you're just like breaking all the rules of jujitsu. But when it works, you just fucking, you, you feel like an asshole and you laugh about it. <laughs> I did. Uh, I love being an asshole. It's fucking, it makes me get happy. <laughs> Part, best part about jujitsu, right there. If the world didn't have assholes, everyone'd be full of shit. Yeah. Oh damn! Look at that dropping wisdom. <laughs> these are these puns you were talking about. I haven't heard yeah. enough puns. We need more of them. Uh, I don't know. They'll, they'll come when they, you can't force them, man. You know, they'll they'll come. They'll come eventually. That's yeah, what she said. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Ba-dum-dum. Layering them. <laughs> Layering them up. Uh, man. So man, uh, what was it? Um. What would you say is your proudest achievement in competition? Like whether it be hit, hitting a submission, hitting a weird, nice sequence, or hitting, you know, a, a weird ass takedown? Because I, you know, I've never hit a takedown in comp, but it keeps me awake at night. Or whether it just be, you know, competition prestige. If you want to, want to, want a nice, uh, if you want a specific tournament, I'm meandering here, but you, you get my point. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. It's like it goes all over, like 
there there's so many things like i think maybe like one of the first times i ever actually hit a submission in the competition i was like oh sweet that was cool but then also like winning uh like winning like i, I won pans at uh ultra heavyweight at the heaviest you know at brown belt so that was probably like my highest you know level achievement or whatever per se but then also just being able to get out there and like you know compete with the best guys in the world and know that I'm inching my way closer to, you know, being able to beat them and stuff like the match with Marigali recently, it didn't go my way at all, but it was a cool experience to have still, you know, like it was just so out of the fucking blue. Like I was supposed to go against someone else who also got like eliminated first round on the show and he pulled out and then all these switch ups and like three days later or three days before that happened. So that was cool. Uh, you know, like some wins in the past, like, I, you know, I look back at fondly cause the guys are killing it these days or whatever. And also more recently, like, like one of the first, actually, yeah. When I, my first two, uh, fight to win appearances didn't go my way. And I lost those, uh, back when I was, you know, getting started, not really knowing enough, but then I joined up with Legion. And then when we went to compete at fight to win as a team in the pandemic period, I went against, uh, elder elder Cruz, who's like killing it these days and got him in a, in a Dars. So that was like a cool way to start off the, uh, you know, wins on the fight to win stage. But yeah, I don't know, man. I, 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 no one, nothing won yet. It's just sort of all like progress on the way up that I look back at all of it fondly. Mm, nice. It's good to hear, man. So, man, uh, we've reached a segment of the podcast. I like to call a round of specifics. Just a bunch of random questions. Some about jiu-jitsu, some aren't about jiu-jitsu. So do you want to do a round of specifics, JR? Let's do it. Let's do it. Nice. Uh, what you what would you say is the funkiest rash guard in your collection? Funkiest rash guard? Uh, it's got to be this who's next rash guard I got. Otherwise, they're all from my sponsor, Gold BJJ, and they're all pretty, like, freaking solid colored. So, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not like a – I'm not one of those cat spats, unicorn rash guard type guys. But uh, other if, if I did, that would definitely be it. But, yeah, it's probably just that one because it's actually got colors on it other than – white black or brown yeah i got this one recently where you have a medusa licking an ice cream cone all seductive like but the ice cream cone has a fucking eyeball in it so it there's a lot of layers to it yeah damn it that looks, sounds that sounds funky i'll send you it later it's fucking pretty cool i got it there recently or uh i'll tell you something um tell you something funny about uh gold bjj because uh I didn't know they didn't ship to Ireland until I was like, oh, I'll get, because their, their ranked rash guards are fucking really nice. I'm like, that is sexy bit of kit. Yeah. So I actually bought the fucking ranked rash guard and a pair of shorts, and they're like, oh, yeah, ship it. You know, we, we don't ship to Ireland. We're going to ship to the, uh, to the US. So I'm like, fuck. So I send it to Gannon. Uh, Gannon Lang, we've had him on the, on the podcast before, for anyone who doesn't know, but uh, uh, JR knows who I'm on about. And I'm like, oh, Gannon, you can just uh, pick it up and send it to me whenever. And then he's like, oh, yeah, it's like $200 at the post office to send it to Ireland. So I'm like, fuck this. Just give it to someone for free. <laughs> fuck my life. Why can't yeah. I have nice things? <laughs> yeah, you could have Richie fly it back for you or something. Uh, I, didn't know he, I didn't know he was going. And then, you know, uh, we, it was just uh, it wasn't timed well. But hey, I, I can't have nice things. You'll get one of those sexy rash cards eventually. You just got to make your way to the States and bring it back with you. Yeah, I'll just come over to Legion just to get a sexy rash guard and not even get good rounds in and just fuck off unceremoniously. <laughs> That's good. And post some memes while you're at it. Oh, and the who's next uh, stuff. Uh, so 
the kid from who's next is fucking decent. I'm watching it with my neighbor, and every two seconds we're just like, man, the fucking kid is decent. Whether it be the rash guards or just uh, the hoodies and stuff, all the stuff from who's next is fucking awesome. It's so nice. Yeah, it looks pretty cool for sure. Yeah, no, they did a good job with all that. Uh, and the rash guards, I'm I'm a double XL, and they only had XL, so it's like all tight on me. So. It makes my torso pop out. So, <laughs> we, in the business, we call that a muscle fit. Yeah, a muscle fit. Uh, yeah, that's my only muscle fit right there. I usually wear shirts to size, but I get, maybe I got to start sizing down. No, I work in a clothes shop. That's my day job. So, like, I got to flatter people. It's like, oh, no, sir, that's that's a muscle fit. So you should get it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. If you guys are out of the size that actually fits them, just, it's a muscle fit. Fuck it's it. You know? fit. Uh, Fuck it anyway. <laughs> so, that, uh, what was it? What would you say your passing style is like? Would you say it's more loose style passing or like tighter sort of pressure based passing? Like, what's your sort of passing game like these days? Yeah, so I've been blending them a whole lot. Passing is like one thing I've really been focusing on for for like about a month or so. I was like working on a lot of the Toriando stuff and like the style like that, uh, you know, Danaher and like the B team and stuff are using. But then uh, after the Marigali match, I've sort of been getting back to like smash half passing, you know, and like sort of blending the two. So it's like, you know, working for a Toriando, if you can clear the hips and get the side control good, if they can roll up into me and I can latch a Dars good. Or if, as they repose guard, you can just sort of drop into smash half guard. So it's a little bit of each, but honestly, like this just freaking tight passing is definitely a little bit more fun just because you can, you know, feel the guy under there, just, you know, grind him out a little bit. And yeah, it, uh, it, that, that's sort of like the new aspect of my jujitsu that I'm really working on. Like I said, back in the day, I would just count up the submissions. I would just try to like tap, get as many taps as I can. But now I'm just like trying to just like control and cook the guy. Like mm. it's, it's it's more fun in a very torturous way. Yeah, cook them like a bit of rotisserie chicken. Exactly, cook them to the bone. <laughs> as Bryce Mitchell would say. Uh, I don't know if this makes sense or if it's another example of me sort of having a bit of an analytical brain sometimes, but it's um. So if you looked at Marcelo Garcia when he's passing, so like okay, I don't know. I I like think about it this way: it's like um, he done low passes to the left and high passes to the right because there's four sort of ways to pass guard. It's either high pass left, low pass left, high pass right, and low pass right, because think of think of how much time you have to put into each fucking school of passing, whether it be high pass on one side and low pass on one side, or high pass on the other side and low pass on the other side. But he's like, oh yeah, I'll only low pass this way, and I'll only high pass this way, so I have both fucking styles of guard passing and both sides of guard passing covered. I'm like, Shit, that makes a lot of sense when someone said that to me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You gotta be, you gotta have something from every place, you know. And like, com- talking about like with wrestling, uh, com- like you know, making the comparison here uh, in wrestling, I've re- been realizing recently that like you gotta have like an attack from like a right underhook. You gotta have attack from a left underhook. You gotta have attack from a right overhook, left overhook, you know, and then also body lock, of course. So. It's like you're not gonna do the same shit on each side, you know. It's like different things fit different ways for different people. So, makes sense. Yeah, makes sense for Marcelo Garcia. Obviously, uh, wherever the fuck he says, I can't disagree with it because that man's got some credentials. So, mm. I agree. <laughs> what if he said? Uh, what if he said something completely subjective, like uh, Jr.'s sense of fashion is very bad? Would you would you dispute it then? Just something completely yeah. subjective. Yeah. Well, then he he might be spot on, bro. I just. <laughs> I'm wearing 
basketball shorts and tank tops and half the time no shirt it's so damn hot in here but uh yeah yeah maybe that but where that is my fashion style we're just bringing it up it's just the it's the lazy route uh nice lazy route brailer grout but dump dump yeah oh there we go uh, I'm, sorry i'm terrible like, i'm yeah, fucking yeah. Me and Mihal were actually talking about this earlier. Uh, uh, it's about how like guys like Mark Zuckerberg or some shit supposedly wear the same shirt every day because it's one less decision they have to make, so it frees their brain up for other things, you know. So, yeah, maybe that's what I'm doing over here. I'm just freaking throwing on the same easy shit every day. I don't got to think about it, and then time to solve other problems having to do with Medicare fraud and limb tweaking and jujitsu. So. Uh, Saving that brain power. Yeah, don't don't you know the the Zuck has way more important things to worry about than what shirt to wear, like uh, banning that guy for making a spicy meme. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's got bigger fish to fry for sure. Uh, I can just imagine him scrolling through Facebook, like, haha, that's funny. You're banned. <laughs> yeah, uh huh. Yeah, that would be fun. I gotta say, I think we would all have a lot of fun in that situation. <laughs> yeah, you're banned. <laughs> Fuck you. Never be heard from again. <laughs> Uh, Gordon Ryan comment section. Just send Mark Zuckerberg there, and he can have some fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure, he'd love it. <laughs> yeah, who wouldn't? So, man, uh, <clears throat> uh, sorry. Uh, who was your favorite competitor to watch when you're coming up, or even nowadays? Like, who's your favorite person to be, to watch you uh, when you're in the competition scene? Yeah, so I never watched too much jujitsu, honestly, until I started competing. Uh, I would just, I was just a big time MMA fan, you know, like that was the main thing I would watch up until I started competing. Then I started paying a little bit more attention to what's going on, you know, in the realm that I'm in. But, uh, honestly in jujitsu, it's funny because I, like, I never watched Keenan too much, but when I was growing up and like coming up, everyone was always like, man, you're so freaking tall and long and also a white guy. They just wouldn't say it, but, uh, they're like, man, you look and seem like Keenan, like, you know, have you ever trained with him? Would you ever? And then I was like, no, but. You know, blah, 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 I'll watch some highlights, but, and, but yeah, like I said, I never watched too much jujitsu. I was more of like an MMA fan and stuff. And I was like, when I was like really into it was like the John Jones and Anderson Silva era era. So those are my guys when it comes to combat sports, basically, unfortunately, both ended up testing positive for steroids, but those were still the boys. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not a Chris Weidman fan is what you're saying. <laughs> Yeah, dude, when that one, no, I, I'm, I, I, he, he's all right, but man, I remember watching that one. We had a stream going on, which may or may not have been paid for, and as soon as freaking, it was the laggiest, choppiest stream ever, and then, like, just literally, like, we see, like, some weird shit going on, we see Anderson Silva like this, and then it freezes for, like, 10 seconds, and he's on the ground. <laughs> but, yeah, what we get. It's like, what the fuck just happened, bro? yeah. Yeah, good times. Also, this is a new question as well. What's the dumbest thing you've seen on the internet, whether it be an article, a video, an Instagram thing related to BGJ? Like, what's the dumbest BGJ-related thing you've seen on the internet? The dumbest BGJ-related thing? Man, I mean, we see a lot, dude. Some of these, especially with re Instagram reels and stuff these days, some of them just make me cringe, you know? Like, some of these things that people show and that obviously, like, don't work or have never been battle tested but uh, like i don't know i yeah i maybe i shouldn't say any specific names could could get some people freaking you know not not too happy with me but i'd say like 
anything that you're showing, not anything, but like you should, you should at least like have some sense that this could work against a higher level guy. If you're going to show a technique, because a lot of people are just, you know, chasing followers and shit these days. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but I think I'd say that's probably one of the dumbest or maybe the dumbest too is like in a different way is like seeing these freaking guys who can go into the street beefs and getting in these like cage fights and just pulling leg locks. I just think it's hilarious just because like, it's just so ridiculous that, you know, like, I don't know. It, it, it's not even dumb in that sense of the word dumb, but it's just pretty fucking funny to see. Just seeing, like, these guys who, like, barely know jujitsu at all, just able to get these easy wins, just breaking fucking dudes' legs who have no idea what's going on. I'm just like, this fucking poor guy just got his ankle broken. He's probably never seen a heel hook before. But, uh... Well, uh, anyone who's doing that, like, they're, like, I don't want to be sound like a dipshit, but, like, they're bullies. Like, okay, you're beating someone who can't beat you. Like, it at least if they went into competition, you know, there's a chance. Like, even if you're really good, someone could get you. But it's like, okay, you're going on to street sort of thing and you're beating people who don't train. You know, you're kind of a kind of a pussy, bro. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I, don't, I, I don't like I don't like those street beat videos or anything like that. So I don't like them. Yeah, it's, it, it can be pretty ridiculous for sure. Yeah, but uh, it's just it's just too much. It's there's a lot of dumb shit on the internet, I guess. It's hard it's hard to it's hard to zone into one uh one video. <laughs> or one of the one of the dumbest things I ever saw was about okay, people were like, Oh yeah, BJJ is like inherently political guys and it's like it coincidentally conforms to my preconceived notions of like communist rhetoric and stuff. So I'm just thinking, I'm like, man, isn't it convenient that this fucking apolitical thing that we're all just doing as a hobby coincidentally conforms to your fucking whole worldview isn't that mighty convenience you know what i mean yeah dude yeah it's there's too many people just like trying to like get offended these days and shit you know so it's like when i hear that shit i think my brain just like blanks out now it's just like mm. er, will not receive this information mm. <laughs> i heard it too many times or er, then you funnily enough these weird communist people who think jiu-jitsu is a weird communist thing actually exists but i'm like but you actually have to you know work hard and then not everyone puts in the same work and they don't all get the same results so anti-communism bro <laughs> sorry it's yeah. a bad example but it's a bad example but you get my point yeah yeah i'm definitely not a fan of communism but i definitely don't really see how bjj relates to it so yeah yeah whoever's saying that uh yeah i don't know maybe maybe they're maybe they're onto something who knows maybe we're all just fucking comrades right now we're just comrading out just you know or but, maybe uh, or maybe everyone should just shut the fuck up and just let us all strangle each other in peace because the best thing about training is it doesn't matter what you fucking do outside the gym even if you know just keep it on the mats we're all buddies it doesn't matter exactly exactly yeah that's the beautiful thing about jiu-jitsu is you'll have a freaking cop rolling with a freaking you know a dude who just got out of jail or some shit <laughs> they're just like having fun going back and forth and hopefully honestly the dude's not fresh out of jail but you know maybe like five years or something removed yeah. but you know it's 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 a blend of it's a blend of all different people you know as funny as it is like you know i'm a math guy like there's a lot of like mathy type people in jujitsu too you know like there's the nerdy people there's the athletic people there's the scrappy people there's like the freaking rich ass business owners who just need something to do type people like and then everyone just comes in and rolls freaking mm. you see mario lopez out there competing at like blue belt ibjjfs and shit these days it's like what the hell mm. like 
But the dude, we're all like brothers and sisters on the mat, bro. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, man, I got the last question here for you. Are you ready for the last question? Because I only just wrote it down about an hour ago. Because I'm like, that'd be a good question. <laughs> Sweet. Let's do it. If you could pick any accent to have from anywhere in the world, what accent would you pick and why? Damn, any accent. Hmm. It's funny, dude, because, like, there are some dialects of, like, in, in England, like, the Stouser and stuff. It's so crazy how, like, some of these guys, like, I think there's even deeper accents, you know, where it's, like, these guys are speaking English, but I just have no idea what the fuck they're saying. <laughs> like, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy, to be honest. Or, like, even Jamaican. Like, there's a lot of Jamaican where they're, like, speaking English, but it's, like, wow, that's, like, a different type of English. But Hey, man, I'm going to bed in the bolo, man. I'm going to heal the hook, man. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry about all these Jamaican people there. <laughs> I guess I'd have to say, I'd be a fucking scouser because you can just fuck all the time and just fucking, just fucking. Just give a lot. All right, uh, here, here's one. What, here's one phrase you can work on um, if you want to do a good scouser accent. It's uh, I can't see, like I can't, I can't see, I can't see much, I can't see much, I can't see much. I can't see ma. I can't. I can't see, mate. I can't see ma. I can't see ma. I just love how there's always that going on. <laughs> like they're about to spit on you. Yeah, it's just like every scouser just has like loogies like spitting from the back of their throat consistently. It's like, whoa, bro, chill, chill with chill. that in front of me, son. Chill, ma. All right, my one is uh, my pick would be an Australian accent because I fucking fucking love it, can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Australians, yeah, Australian accent, it's hard to beat, and Australians are just funny too. I feel like you know, it's like they're always got some some witty fucking bullshit talking mm. shit, you know, to say. So mm. yeah, well, my, can. Uh, well, fucking buggy choke, he can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my my uh, my half brother's dad was Australian, so it's like growing up, he'd always just be saying the funniest shit, and with that accent, it just like hits twice as hard. You know, it's like okay, you know, this guy's funny. That I don't really even know does. if it was being funny, but it just sounded funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, I think with that, we're going to call it an episode. Uh, guys, if you want, I'll have all of Brailer's stuff linked in the description, his Jiu-Jitsu X uh, instructionals. Uh, what's it? Uh, his, uh, his Instagram and his, uh, if you want, I don't know, his LinkedIn as well, if you want to hit him up for analytical stuff. <laughs> nah, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Why not? <laughs> leave that out of there. They don't want to hear about that shit. Let's just nah. Be great. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed. And Brailer, do you have anything to say before we head off? Uh, that's it, guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah, like, uh, hit me up on Instagram or whatever if you have any questions. Uh, hopefully, I'll be competing on Fight to Win here in a week, and then we'll be back at the ADCC Open uh, in about three weeks or so. So, catch me out there, under ninety nine division. Catch your boy on the way to gold. I'll be hitting some Uchimadas. I'll be hitting some fucking foot sweeps. I'll be uh, not getting buggy choke slammed. It's going to be a good time. Uh, thanks, guys. Hope you enjoyed.